Welcome to the Kingdom Revival Culture Podcast, keeping you in touch with Faith Mountain Fellowship Church in Red River, New Mexico. You know, the love that Jesus Christ calls his body to is an amazing, everlasting, unconditional love. And this podcast is just one of the ways that you and I can build each other up in that love. So to start, just enjoy this message, and then please contact us with prayer requests, feedback, or anything else you'd like to discuss at fmfcpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from everyone interested in helping create a kingdom revival culture. So, one of the greatest joys that we have Everybody listening? Yeah. One of the greatest joys that we have is our annual business meeting, which is amen, which is coming right after church. You're a part of Faith Mountain. We invite you to stick around. You may have made off brought a lunch, but we'll try to keep it fairly brief. But it's an important meeting. This is your church, uh, and we'll go over our, our new budget for the next year. And our different department heads will give a quick report. And so we want you to be informed. We want you to know what's going on. So please stick around after church. And like I said, we'll do this as soon as possible after church. And we'll probably just set up some tables and do it in the back. But all right, here we go. Um, Pastor Wayne coined a phrase last week that really stuck with me. And he said, this year is a, is a harvest Christmas. Everybody say, Harvest Christmas. Harvest Christmas. <laughs> you guys need some help. <laughs> need to get up and run around. Uh, what does that mean? What does a Harvest Christmas look like? Well, let me tell you what it means to me. It means to me that the gift that we're going to give Christ on his birthday this year is going to be the gift of salvation. Is the gift of, of people's lives being changed for eternity. There you go. Good. You're, you're figuring it out. This group's pretty good. I'm worried about you guys over here. This is a season of harvest. I don't know how to explain it. I can't tell you why, but I can tell you that this is a season of harvest where, remember we talked about it last week, is the harvest is ripe. And, and Jesus told his disciples, go out and, and reap this harvest that you didn't work for. Okay? And so our call is to go out and to do that. And so my prayer for you is in a season of harvest like this, uh, Wayne was referring to a testimony this morning we heard, um, people are coming to us and they're wanting hope. We, live, we are living in a hopeless world right now. Amen. Okay, people are scared Amen. to death. Their yeah. People don't know if we're going to be attacked by North Korea. They don't know if they're going to catch on. There's all these horrible things going on, but you know what? We carry the light and the life of Jesus Amen. with us. Glory. And this is the season, and I really believe it's the season that we're going to start seeing people that were brought up in the Lord, were brought up in the ways of the Lord, that walked away for whatever reasons. I believe he's, the Lord is starting to call them back. Amen. And you know who he's going to use to do that, to help them, is point to yourself. All right, come on, point to yourself. <laughs> he's going to use you. Say, he's going to use me. Because if he doesn't use us, who does he use? Yeah. 
And so today, I want to talk to you um, about straight paths. That's, good. That's the name of this sermon. So what do you picture when you picture a straight path? Um, my family, James and Josh and Lainey, now Ariel has, and Gideon have experienced this. There's a road between Winnemucca, Nevada and Denio, Nevada, which is one of the most desolate places you can find. It's 225 miles from Winnemucca to Lakeview where I grew up. And halfway through, there's this turnoff, and you start down this road, and as far as you can see, it's dead straight. And it's really hard to go the speed limit. <laughs> there's, not even, say, <laughs> there's not even jackrabbits out there. But what do you think of when you think of a straight path? I think of it being straight, and I think it being clear. Right? Okay. Well, John the Baptist, we're going to look at John the Baptist for just a minute. So we're going to turn over. But before we do that, I want to start in Proverbs 4. And I want to read a little bit about what uh, Solomon had to say about straight paths. Verse 10 of Solomon 4 says, uh, excuse me, Proverbs 4 says this. It says, listen, my son. Everybody say, listen. listen. Okay. Except what I say in the years of your life will be many. I instruct you in the way of wisdom, and I lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. Do not set foot on a path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. Avoid it. Don't travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way. There's instruction in here. There's wisdom in this. Solomon is instructing his son and instructing us that the way of wisdom, which is godly wisdom, is the way, of, the way God does things, right? So when we pray for wisdom, we're asking, this, God, show us how you want us to do this. And he says, that way, you won't stumble. You can run. You're not going to stumble. You're not going to get hindered. That's the way of life. In fact, I believe it goes down here a little farther somewhere, and I may be in the wrong scripture, but it says, ah, oh, here it is in verse 18, the path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining even brighter, and, and I love some of the old uh, King James versions that say brighter and brighter till the moon, noonday sun, in other words, the path that we're walking on is righteousness, in his righteousness, gets brighter and brighter and brighter until, like Ed Yeager, God takes us home. Amen. Amen. The path of the wicked is dark, okay? But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They don't know what makes them stumble. And so what is our responsibility? What is our job as, as believers? Well, we're going to take a look at that today because, see, I don't want my friends, my loved ones, my neighbors that, that aren't in Christ, I don't want them stumbling. I don't want, I want people to have what I have. Amen? Amen. <laughs> I really want people to have what I have. We're going to take a look at what we have today, but we're going to start out over in John chapter 1, and we're going to look at John uh, and his life, or uh, not his life, but his calling. 
And I'm going to start in verse 19. This is a great picture. Verse 19. So, now this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. <laughs> in other words, he's going around, he's walking around, he's eating locusts and honey, and he's in a wild camel hair outfit, and his hair is crazy, and, and, but people are just flocking to him. And he's baptized, and he's talking about repentance. And the, the, the leaders, the Jewish leaders, send a group of people to him, and, and they ask, who are you? They don't understand. They don't know what's going on. They say, who are you? Verse 20 says, he didn't con- fail to confess, but confess freely. He said, I am not the Messiah. Now, I think it's rather interesting that Jesus comes on this earth, he walks around, he does miracles everywhere he goes, he, he's the son of God. Man can't accept his testimony, but the Jewish leaders are willing to accept that John might be the Messiah. Isn't that crazy? Amen. See, it's a spirit in the world called the spirit of Antichrist, which means against the works of Christ. And it's alive and well, and it's, it's going on in the world today. It's growing stronger. But that's not, that's not to dis- dissuade us because the Spirit of God is overcome the Spirit of Antichrist Amen. in Amen. us, right? And so that has no power over us, but it has power over the wicked. That's when he says they're stumbling. They, don't, they can't see where they're going. They don't know what's stumbling. It's the Spirit behind it. It's not the people. It's the Spirit behind it. Amen. And so we carry this light. So, John, I, I love this. He confessed freely. He says, I'm not Messiah of 21. Then he said, well, then who are you? Are you Elijah? Nope. <laughs> are you a prophet? Nope. Finally, they said, well, who are you? Give us an answer. So we can take it back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? They don't know what to do with this guy. And John, obviously, is related to Jesus because he answers the questions the same way Jesus does. He doesn't answer their questions. <laughs> When they ask him a question, he talks about something they have no clue what he's talking about. And I love that. So they finally say, you know, give us this answer. Give us something to take back. Who are you? John replies, verse 23. He replies in the words of Isaiah. He quotes the the words of Isaiah the prophet. He says, I am a voice. Everybody say, I am a voice. I am a voice. You understand that the role that John has was to prepare the way for the Lord. The role that we have is to what? Prepare a way to the Lord. Amen. It's just on the other side of the cross. Amen. So we are that voice. He says, I'm a voice in the wilderness. A calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. What is our role? It's to make that, that clear path. Through our, through our testimony, through our lives, through our witness, the way we live our lives, the way that we walk this, on this earth. Should, we're walking in, remember what it just said in Proverbs, on a light, our light is, if the light is getting brighter and brighter in us, and we're supposed to be directing people back to the cross where there's life. See, the cross represented death. We were watching... Uh, 
movie on Netflix the other day. It was called Case for Christ, and I know a lot of you have seen that. You know, and they hinge the whole thing on, did Jesus rise from the dead or not? And the whole movie, this guy's trying to prove it. And he, finally, he can't prove it. And he's going, I, I can't understand. Why would he do this? And one of the guys he was talking to said, because of love. So the things that we do must be done out of love. Not out of shame, not because I told you you were supposed to do it or somebody is guilting you into these things. It's because we are created in love. Amen? Amen? Amen. So, <laughs> so they go on. I'm lost my way here. Make weight. Um, now the Pharisees had sent him, questioned him, then why do you baptize if you're not the Messiah? If you're not Elisha, if you're not a prophet, he said, why do you baptize? John says, I baptize with water. But among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethlehem on the other side of the Jordan where John was baptized. Once again, John doesn't actually answer their question. He just sort of leaves them some things to think about. He goes, I'm baptizing here with water, but there's one among you. You're not seeing him, but I'm telling you, I'm the one that's, that's declaring he's coming. So then we pick up on verse 29, the next day. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him, and he said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Now he starts to answer their question. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. So what was John's role? To reveal Christ to Israel. To prepare that road, to prepare that way, right? Amen. So that Israel could see the, the Savior that he came, and Jesus came for the Jews. Okay, that's what his, his time on earth, he came for all of us. But his ministry was to the Jews. Amen. Even though last week he ministered to people that weren't Jews, remember. Yep. Anyway, then John gave his testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remained on him, and I myself did not know him. But the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, The man whom you see, the Spirit, come down. Am I losing you guys? Yep. Hello. Got it? You can't shut me up. Amen. <laughs> I could yell loud enough if I had to. Amen. <laughs> so John gave this testimony and saying, I, he's saying, the one who sent, uh, I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove, and I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me uh, to baptize with water told me, the man whom you see the Spirit come down and remain on is the one who will baptize with what? The Holy Spirit. Okay. What is the water? What was John's water baptism all about? Repentance. Right? It was, hey, you need a Savior. But Jesus' baptism came, and it was one from the Holy Spirit, and it gave us a new heart. It gave us the power of God living in us so that we can live a godly life. 
John couldn't give you the power to live a godly life. But Jesus can through us. It says, I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. So, what I want to talk to you today about, by the way, I think it's interesting that Jesus said of John in Matthew, I think it was 11, 11, and I'm going to paraphrase this, but remember he said, uh, there's no man born of woman greater than John the Baptist. Yet, the least in the kingdom of heaven is going to be greater than him. Now, that's a pretty powerful testimony for Jesus to say in the 8,000 years or whatever time that we had been on earth. He said, there's no one greater than this. Yet, the least in the kingdom of heaven, which is us, Amen. is going to be greater than John because of what? Because of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God living in you. Amen. The power of God living in you. The power of God for us to live this life, to walk in that light. We don't have to walk in darkness. Amen? Amen. All right. So what I want to do today, I want to flip over to Romans chapter 8. And I want to take a look, if you will. John was leading the Jews to the cross, revealing Jesus. We're going to go to the other side of the cross now and our role in this season of harvest right now, what is our role? Our role is what? To lead people to the cross. Amen. Right? Amen. But what I want to do today, I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what's going on in your life. Actually, I do a lot of you. But I want to read some scripture over you today that declares and, and reveals our true identity in Christ. Because what we're offering to people, I, I want to remind us as we go into this harvest Christmas, what we have to offer to people. It's not just eternal life. It is eternal life. It is access to God. But it is so much more than that. And so I want to let this, let me read this word over you today. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about it. I might. <laughs> okay. But let this word wash over you. Let this word fill you. Let it encourage you because this is God's word describing who you are in Christ Jesus. Okay? Amen. All right with that? Amen. Okay. I want to start <coughs> Romans 8 in verse 14. Verse 14 of Romans 8 says this, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Everybody say, that's me. That's me. <clears throat> if that's not you, if you've never had that relationship with Jesus Christ before, then today is the day. Amen. Okay, today is the day. Because it's, it's not... It's not about what you did. It's about who you're going to become in Christ Jesus. Amen. You're, going to be, you're going to become a son or a daughter. We're going to read about that. So watch this. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves. Everybody say slaves. slaves. It says you are not slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit that... You receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. That's the word daddy. 
It's that personal crawl up in his lap relationship with the Father. And it comes not by what you've done or what you've said, what you didn't do. It comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ and you have access to the Father. And John the Baptist did not have access to the Father. But through Christ, we carry that. And if we're not going to the throne of grace, we're not crawling, I crawl up in that, my daddy's lap every night when I go to bed I just picture myself just laying in his arms because that's how much he loves me the way you watch Edison and I have a special relationship Gideon and I had a special relationship our boys when they were little but they just crawl up yesterday Edison would crawl up on my lap and he would just lay his head on me and see I don't know about you but when that when that grandchild or that son or daughter does that to you it just melts your heart Amen. right Every time you do that to the Father, it just melts his heart. Because that's how much he loves you. So we don't have a spirit of fear. We have a spirit of sonship. Verse 16, the Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Do you understand that? We are heirs, we're... We're his children, God's, the Father's children, but we're co-heirs with Christ. Amen. Let that sink in. And then there's the part we don't want to sink in. If indeed we share in his suffering in order that we also share in his glory. Can I tell you something? Don't worry about when you're going to share in his suffering. God will take care of that. Many of us have had to suffer loved ones and friends when we proclaim that we're, I'm a Christian. How many of you have had people that rejected you because of that? Amen. And there's, there's brothers and sisters that are suffering horrible, horrible things right now because of, of uh, that spirit of Antichrist that's, that's working in the world. But, but Paul goes on and he says this. Verse 18, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. Have you ever thought about that? Yes. The glory is going to be revealed where? In us. In us. Listen to this weird little part here. I have time. Yes, I have time. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. <laughs> In other words, in this season of harvest, this season where people are coming back from their roots, the season where people are crying out and said, saying, I want something. I, I need something. I need." A friend of mine just told me last week, he said, it just doesn't have to be this hard. I'm like, that's right, it doesn't. Because we, when we're not in Christ, we're doing it alone. When we're trying to walk in our own power, our own strength, we can't handle it. We just can't. But in Christ, he gives us the power to overcome. And all of creation is waiting for us to be revealed. And every day in this season of harvest, more and more people are being revealed to creation. Isn't that good news? Wow. That's amazing. Verse 20, for the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself 
will be liberated from its bondage to decay. Now listen to this. And brought into the freedom and the glory of the children of God. Yeah. See, that's happening now. Amen. Okay? Is we're supposed to be taking back the things that the enemy has stolen. Yeah, that's right. Okay? And creation's crying out. The world is crying out. And we're supposed to, and we're being, the, the glory of God is being revealed in us. And creation, that's its hope. Yeah. Its hope is the glory that's in us in Christ Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Yes. <laughs> I love that. All right. I want to go down to uh, verse 28. And I want to read this over you because... Starting from verse 28, it is a, one of the clearest pictures in the Bible, I believe, of who we are in Christ Jesus. Yes. And I want to read this to you, and I want to let this wash over you. I want to remind you of who we are in Christ and remind you that that's what we're carrying, the treasure that we're carrying around within us that we have the ability to, to give to others through Jesus, through that relationship. And so let this word wash over you, regardless of the season that you're in right now. Listen to this truth that God has to say about you. Let me get a drink real quick. Forgive me, I'm dealing with a little bit of a cold. Verse 28, and it says, we know, everybody say, I know. That in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. In other words, everything that you come in that comes into your life, God is going to cause it to turn to good if we'll just give it to him. Amen. Amen. Let that sink in. You know. I've shared my heart attack story many, many times with you. I would have never believed God could take it and turn it so many incredible things from that. Yes. Ed Yeager's life is a testimony. You know, the doctors told him 10 years ago, you're gonna, you got two years, buddy. But again, Ed and Anna Lee did not let a doctor's declaration determine and define who they were. Amen. And God's, Ed's testimony over the last 10 years has been amazing. You cannot believe how many people's lives have been changed, how many people's lives have been healed because of that. Amen. And so whatever you're facing right now, whatever that mountain is that's in your life, Jesus said we're supposed to in faith speak to that thing and tell it to go into the ocean. Okay, but God's saying not only are you going to move that mountain, I'm going to take it and I'm going to turn it around and I'm going to cause it to, to be good in your life. I'm going to cause it to, to affect and help other people. And that's part of our call. That's who we are. He goes on and he says this. Verse 29, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of his son. So in other, in other words, everything that comes into our lives, all the blessings, all the hard times, all the heartache and, and brokenness, everything that comes into our life, God is using to conform us into his image. Amen. So that every day we're getting close to looking closer and closer like Christ. 
And we can fight that. We can walk out and, and do our own thing and walk in our own strength. He's committed to you. He's, I will never leave you nor forsake you, says the Lord. Amen. And he is conforming us every day. And we don't have to work at it. Somebody ought to say amen to that. Amen. Okay. It's his job to conform us. He'll do it. It's our job to obey. It's that simple. Amen. Amen. <laughs> uh, verse 29 again, to conform us into his, the image of his son, that he, Jesus, by the way, the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Okay, so Jesus is the firstborn, but we are all brothers and sisters with Christ. Isn't that amazing? That's who you are. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Say the word call. call. Justified. Justified. Glorified. Glorified. That's who we are. We were called. All we had to do was respond to it. When he says you're justified, that's a legal term. You realize that when he says you are justified, that means you are no longer guilty in the courts of God. Amen. That the judgment day, you are already declared innocent. You are already, Jesus is going to stand at the throne and he's going to say, this one is mine. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Damien was talking or else he would have said that. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> That's who we are. We're also glorified. What does that mean? We are God's glory. We are his inheritance. Every time we crawl up into his lap and lay our head on his breast, it brings glory to him. Amen. That's who you are. Verse 31, Paul asked a question, what do we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? They can try, the world can come, cancer can come against you. Heartache, neighbors, loved ones. But nothing has the power to overcome God because he's already defeated the enemy. So nothing can come against us. He goes on and he kind of answers this question in verse 32. He said, He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us, how will we not also along with him, Jesus, graciously give us all things? Do you realize in Christ Jesus you're going to receive everything that you need? It's a promise of God. Amen. Remember we've been talking about from the men's retreat, start underlining the commands and the promises of God. Here's a promise. God will give you everything you need. He'll give it to you. We've got to trust Him. We've got to do it His way. We can try our own way, but I promise it doesn't work. Isn't that amazing? Verse 32, who will bring a charge against those who God has chosen? It's another question. It says, it's God who justifies. Who then is the one that condemns? I love this answer. No one. <laughs> Who can condemn you? No one. No one. He answered, continues the answer by saying this, Christ Jesus who died, more than that who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. He's interceding for you and me right now. Amen. And all the things that you're going through, all the struggles, the hurt, the heartache, 
the blessings, everything that we're going through, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God interceding for you. Amen. Father, give them what they need. Father, they're ours. Amen. The Holy Spirit also intercedes for us Amen. from the inside out. It's a fixed game. Amen. <laughs> we can't lose, man. It's a fixed game. I mean, yeah, you should be clapping. That's good news, man. Verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Another question. Trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, darkness, danger, sword. Paul says it's written, for your sake we face death all day long. We're considered asleep to be, sheep to be slaughtered. Death has no power over us. Amen. Death brings us into life. Amen. Ed Yeager's not going. Ed Yeager's dying. He's stepping into eternity. We have to realize that when one of our loved ones goes on and that's in Christ Jesus or a child, they're stepping into their fullness, the fullness of Christ. That's who we are. Verse 37, knowing all these things, you know I'm going to ask you to say it. We are more than conquerors. You ever thought about what more than a conqueror is? Amen. I can't even imagine. Jesus. <laughs> and apparently so are we. So the things that we face in the weeks and days and months coming ahead, regardless of what they look like, no matter how hard they might be, God says you're not just a conqueror, you're more than a conqueror. Amen. Through him who loved us. and <laughs> That's the key part right there. Do this on your own. Good luck. Amen. Verse 38. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future or any power, neither height nor depth or anything else in all of creation. He just described all of creation, by the way. Will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Somebody give God a clap off of me. Come on. I want us to go into Christmas this year, this week. You realize Christmas is next, you know, next week. Next Sunday we're on Christmas Eve. We're celebrating. I can't believe it, but it's here. But I want you to realize what we carry with us. That we're in a season of harvest. We're in a season where people's hearts are crying out for Christ. They're, they're broken. They're dying. They're hurt. They're scared. And we carry that answer. And John was calling... They had been 400 years without a prophet when John showed up. Legalism, man's ideas, all this stuff had taken over and the people were in a wilderness. But we're surrounded by people around us that are in a wilderness. And I read to you in, in Proverbs 4 that those that, are, that are, are lost, they're stumbling, they're walking in darkness. When was the last time you ever walked in a completely dark situation, especially outside? Mm -hmm. I remember, Lainey, we were looking for a kid. A kid ran off one time years ago. We were up behind the fire station, right? We are all walking <laughs> around pitch dark. All of a sudden, Lainey stepped off and went, what, four or five feet into a ditch? <laughs> Have you ever done that? Have you ever in the dark, walking along, all of a sudden, you st even a little two-inch hole. 
That's the picture of what's going on in the people around us that are hurting and broken and lost. And they're dying eternally. But we carry life with us. We're supposed to be making straight paths to the Lord. And we don't have to work at it, okay? We just have to walk it out, who we really are. I just read to you who you are in Christ. We walk in those things that I just read about you and who you are. People are going to be drawn like crazy. Amen. The harvest is ripe. And the gift that we want to give Jesus this year is people's hearts. We want to introduce them to the King of Kings and the Lord Amen. of Lords. Amen. We want to see life and life abundantly. I want to turn over to one last scripture. Kind of an interesting one in Hebrews 12, <laughs> verse 12. Writer of Hebrews says, This is therefore strengthen your feeble arms and your weak knees. How many of you have been in those seasons? Maybe you're in that season. It's like, Amen. man, Amen. I just don't have the strength to go on anymore. Amen. Where does that strength come from? My strength comes from where? It comes from the Lord. He says, Strengthen your feeble arms and knees, make level paths for your feet. And then he turns it from you to the people around so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather be healed. Amen. Isn't that a beautiful scripture? Amen. That's the call on our lives. That's the God has given us the power. He said, I'll give you everything. He's not going to ask you to do something that you can't do. Amen. So as we walk out the day, door today, I pray that this word has washed over you. We're going to open the altar. I'm going to ask um, our intercessors to come on up right now. And uh, R.C. is going to go bring our children down. But let's take a moment. I want you to respond to this word. Maybe you're just a little discouraged right now. Maybe you just, you're not able to see. You need that discernment to see those people that are hurting. Maybe you need to intercede for a loved one or a friend. Let's just spend a moment of prayer. I'm going to have these guys sing that last song that we that we sang over you. But we're going to pray with you guys for a minute. But it won't do any good if you stay seated over there. You've got to come and ask. The Holy Spirit doesn't move without us asking, right? So take a moment. Come on up. Let us pray with you guys.